Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And if you work in the art industry, you are a big fat jerk. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. Wow, he's in a song and dancing mood today. Well, we are talking about Candyman today, Kieran. Well, I suppose we are. Well, if you haven't listened to one of our shows before, Matty D isn't usually this chirpy. I don't know why he's so chirpy today. I'm like, better. Okay, that's right. He had his head injury last week, and now we have to presume that he's all back to normal. Yep. You still got your stitches in, though. I still have my stitches in. They come out in two days' time. How exciting. Everyone was really worried about you. <laughs> Everyone was really worried about us after listening to our Doctor Strange <laughs> plot. But regardless, I think they were more worried about you yeah, and worried that you were, you know, this was going to be a permanent thing. Matty D just can't do decent plots anymore. No. I mean, he couldn't before, but it's, like, it's <laughs> a permanent blame, thing We now. can blame the head injury. Yes. So if you haven't heard one of our shows before, what we do is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster, and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible, just based on the promotional materials alone. But that's not what we're doing this week. No. This week, we're going back and we looked at a movie that we predicted in the past all the way back in May 2020, and that movie is Candyman. So, this week, we're going back and we're going to look at what we said in the past and see how close we were to the plot of the actual movie. I think it's important to point out as well that this isn't necessarily a review, a sort of beat-by-beat review of Candyman. So, if you haven't seen the movie yet, we are going to spoil a lot of plot elements in it. And if you haven't listened to our original episode as well on Candyman, I'd recommend going back and listening to that first. Because while we're not going to go over the plot beat by beat, we are going to relate what we predicted to what happens in the movie. So, there may be stuff that happened in the movie that we didn't cover at all. In fact, there might be a lot that didn't happen in the movie that we didn't cover. So, you may be a little lost if you haven't heard that original episode. And if you really want to see Candyman and you haven't yet already... You've had plenty of opportunities. Go back and listen to that first because we're just going to spoil it. And this was a plot we were very confident yeah. at the time. I couldn't believe it. I went back and listened to that original episode. We were very cocky. And we were both like, I think we've got this movie. It's going to be cut and dry. It's always a dangerous situation when we both say we're very confident. Because yes. as we've learned recently, when someone says they're really confident, that means that they have no idea and they just haven't realized how wrong they are yet. <laughs> That's something we're quickly learning. Yes. So, the fact that we both said that we were confident, oh boy, I guess we'll find out how close we were. I'm actually really excited for this episode because, first of all, I don't know what Matty D's impressions of the movie are. He watched the movie for the first time this weekend. Mm-hmm. I saw it when it came out. And I actually don't know which one of us is going to be closer because we both had very sort of different plots. Yes. We didn't even really have a lot of the same elements. No. And really, today we're going to explore if we were even close to the movie at all. <laughs> And more importantly, who is more close as well? Yeah. I I don't know about this one. I really don't know. Usually when you listen back to the episode, you can have an idea of who's closest. But with this one, I have no idea who's closest. Yeah. And we had very short plots as well. Yeah, for some reason. Which just further proves that we had nothing. (laughs) I don't know why we're so confident. confident. We talked for 10 minutes like, yep, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. We spent so long talking about Candyman, the franchise itself, that we didn't even really dedicate enough time to explore like decent plots. Well, I say that. We could have had short to the point plots that absolutely nailed it. We'll find out. We'll find out. So let's get into talking about Candyman. Matty D, how much do you reckon Candyman made in the worldwide box office? Now, keep in mind as well that it never actually came to cinemas. Yes, so... It was released on demand. If it... If it didn't come to cinemas, and I know it was a COVID year, so that's got to be affected by it. Um, it actually came out 2021. So it was supposed to come out in 2019. Uh, it was delayed all the way to 2021. If you remember, we had a second round of lockdowns in yep. 2021, and they were just like, fuck it. We're throwing it out on, on demand. <laughs> Who cares? Let's put it out there. So, it would have done pretty terribly, I think. Um, sure. Okay. doesn't have a big budget behind it, I would imagine. So, so it has a $25 million budget. Yeah, it definitely didn't make $25 million. You don't think so? No, I reckon it would have made... Come on, ballpark figure. Jordan Peele, he's got to bring in a crowd, yeah, right? he does, he does. I'm going to play it with a Everyone's safe... at home, they're looking for something 15 to mil. 15 million, you reckon? Yeah. So, like $10 million under budget. Yeah. It actually made $77.4 million. Wow, so that's good. it made good. exactly the same amount as Charlie's Angels. <laughs> and well so, done. it was a success. If it was Charlie's Angels, it would be a failure. <laughs> Since its budget was a lot lower than Charlie's Angels, this was considered a success. Given the fact that it didn't go to cinemas and given the fact that it was solely relying on on-demand income, yeah, it's a success. That's huge. That's huge. I guess we're going to get a sequel, right? Maybe. I don't know. They've never actually said, so eh, it's up in the air at the moment. 
So, as I already said, the movie was released on demand. Now, it's never actually been released on rental here in Australia. So, currently, you cannot rent this movie or you can't stream this movie anywhere in Australia. So, it's very hard for us to watch. And you basically have to buy, you have to spend like $30 to buy the movie to watch it Because you can buy it on YouTube. I believe it's on Amazon Prime as well. That's right. Oh, yes, you can. Sorry, you can stream it on Amazon Prime. I'm mistaken. But yeah, that's the only place you can get it. So... Mm. We both watched it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, sure. Because I because I paid, I shelled out <laughs> sure. the thirty dollars. <laughs> oh, you're saying you paid the thirty dollars on YouTube, did you? Uh, uh no, I didn't pay the thirty dollars on YouTube. Oh, okay. Look, it doesn't matter where I got it. I'm oh, not gonna, you got it I'm on DVD. Gonna, I'm not gonna. You had I, it on DVD already. Absolutely, yeah. I, I bought the DVD. I'm the only person in the world now under forty five that owns a DVD player. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Look, who cares where I got it from? Whether I got right, it okay. legally, illegally. Like, let's let's move on. But yeah, so I've seen this movie twice now. You just saw it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Before we break down how well we did, would you care to explain our point system to anybody who may not be familiar? Absolutely. So we need to decide who is better, who is smarter, who has the That's better right. plot. That's right. That is something I wanted to say as well. So <laughs> it used to be our whole goal was to try and get as close to the movie as we possibly mm-hmm. could. But now it's become wanting to get as close to the movie as we possibly can and be more correct than the other person. <laughs> yes. That's ultimately what it's become now. So when I watch the movie, I'm like, shit, Matty D got stuff right. <laughs> this doesn't bode well for me. Or like, I did so much better than Matty D in this plot. Yep, the points are our measuring stick, the That's way we, right. we judge how good we did at our prediction powers. Yeah. So so if we guess something that there was no information about it in the trailer or the promotional material, we just plucked it out of our brain and it's right there on the screen, that is two points. And that's mm-hmm. the best you can really hope for. Two points is a win. It's I not just going to happen a lot here. No, but- no, I just wanted to say straight away, Matty D did not get a single two points throughout the entire episode. I'm so sorry to say. No. This has never happened before. Really? Never, ever in the history of your plots have you not gotten two points. That's in- bad because I'm thinking about my movie, the movie mm-hmm. I predicted and the movie on the screen, and I'm not seeing a lot of one points either. So I oh. guess we'll see how yeah. that goes. Speaking of which, if we guess something, but we see it in the trailer or we knew about it in the promotional material, it's not something we made up on the spot or we just guessed out of thin air. We had reason to believe it was going to happen. Then that is a one point mm-hmm. point. <laughs> a one pointer. Yeah, sure. And then if we get something that's kind of on the right track, but not really totally correct, but we might be feeling generous at that particular point, then we give you, we give, we get half a point. That's right. And if we don't get something right, then we get zero points, and that pretty much speaks to itself. Goes without saying. Yes. All right, so I went first in that you original did. episode, didn't I? So did. I, I'm, it's like I feel like I'm on the firing line. I'm going to have to put my blindfold on and my cigarette in my mouth. <laughs> how did I do with Candyman? Let's find out. So let's talk about how you started this movie, how you thought it was going to open. You thought it was going to be a cold open. Old cold yeah. open, Kieran. This is before the days that we realised that every movie starts with a flashback. But t- with one of the main characters as a child. Yes. And we- how does this movie start, the actual movie? Well, it starts with the the old groundskeeper, or the old laundromat Yeah, William. Guy. As a child, when he first meets Candyman, that's how the movie opens. Now, of course, you thought the movie was going to open with the kids, uh, the high school kids yep. uh, in the bathroom, looking at the mirror, summoning Candyman. Now, that yep. is a scene that we see in the trailer, and that is a scene that appears in the movie. Yeah. However, it happens later on in your right head. Right near the end of the movie, weirdly enough. Pretty much, yeah. In your head, you thought that this scene, and I won't give you such a hard time because I thought the exact same thing. Yeah. You thought that this event, so you thought that like the school kids would have the, the myth of Candyman, they would rest resurrect Candyman and that would kickstart Candyman That's being right. back into the into the fold, into the zeitgeist and That's start right, killing yeah. people. Now, really, it's the other way around. They're inspired by the Candyman who's been kickstarted. Yeah, that's absolutely, right. Absolutely, absolutely. So you got it the wrong way around, but uh, that scene does happen. But as far as this opening is concerned, no, it does not. Starts with a childhood flashback of all things. Yeah, of course. We should have known that. Well, we didn't know that back then, but we should know that now. We were inexperienced. We were young. We make mistakes. <laughs> Yeah. We've grown. We've grown. We've only become better predictors since then. Now we meet our main character in your plot. Now you describe Anthony, our hero, our hero, mm-hmm. as a down on his luck struggling artist that's uh, trying to find inspiration. I think that's kind of true. Now you said that he moved to a new house in order to find inspiration. He wants yeah, to return. I said that he moved to Cabrini Green, but he is not living in Cabrini Green in the movie at all. No, he's not. In fact, we don't see Cabrini Green in the movie at all. So we see sort of like a whole row of old townhouses, which is nearby to Cabrini Green, or is it... Pu- I thought that was Cabrini Green. Okay, so it's all part of the same neighbourhood, but in the original movies, or in the in the first movie at least, 
the Cabrini Green area that we know is a huge tower block. Okay. If you remember that from the first movie. Uh, I know you saw day. it. Yeah. So we never saw these little townhouses at all in the other movies. Right. Uh, it's something that existed in real life, but it's the only remaining area of the neighborhood. Okay. That's still there today. Well, I don't know if they're still there in 2021. But since they were there in 2019, they filmed there because they couldn't have filmed in the apartment block because it got torn down. It was something that happened in one of the previous movies as well. Yes. And yeah, happened in this so movie. They speak about it. They in this talk movie. about the gentrified Cabrini Green mm-hmm. to no end in this movie. They're yes. talking about what it used to be like and then like all the, the poorer people are pushed out of the yes. neighborhood so the rich people could come in and thrive. We never Artists. see it. Artists. We never see it at all in the movie. And I thought that was such a strange choice. Why talk about it and then not show it? If it's a big part of the plot, why do we never see Cabrini Green? And why is it not involved in the plot at all? I mean, is the art exhibition in... Cabrini Green? Cabrini Presumably Green? not. I thought it was. Because it's housing. It's not like there's like shops and art houses there. Mm. I, 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 thought, I just assumed that that exhibition took place there because he's... Well, maybe it isn't. I don't know. As far as we know, it's not. Okay. So we never actually see the gentrified Cabrini Green. No. As far as I'm aware, we never actually see it in the movie. Which, like I, I said, I, is a really odd choice. Yeah. Because we thought it would be a big part of the movie... We sort of tied in a lot of our plot elements to it. We both had the idea of like the characters moving to Cabrini Green to get the inspiration for the art. Is the school in Cabrini no, Green? No, it's not. We don't see Cabrini Green in the movie at all. Maybe it's because Cabrini Green was such a hard thing to say for people that they just decided not yeah, to. Yeah, I guess Because so. that's certainly how I feel. I would be yeah. a script writer and be like, everybody grab your scripts, <laughs> cross out Cabrini Green, because yeah. I don't want to say it anymore. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, back <laughs> in that to my original plot. episode, I just gave up on saying yeah, you it did because I'd mispronounced it every single time. But back to what you said, you said that he would be trying to get back to his roots. That's why he's moving there. Mm. Not the case, but he is kind of coming back to his roots. He doesn't even realize he's from Cabrini exactly, Green at the start exactly. of the movie. It's kind of a weird coincidence. We go into it later on, but to your point, you said that it's a gentrified area. It is. I give is you a it? point. Do for we that. ever see it? Well, they told? say it is. Yes, so. that's right. Well, that's so. how it is in real life. And just through very strange, as I said, very strange movie-making choices. They just don't show us, but decide to tell us everything. <laughs> Whatever. Fair enough. Now, next thing you said is you talked about Cabrini Green being shut down, or at least a candy factory being shut down. I was really impressed so by that. So, they this, live the in a, like a former candy mm. factory in Cabrini Green, which I don't know if that's the case in the movie. No, it's not. Well, they never say it, if it's the no, case. No, they um, don't. Now, you said in your plot that there was going to be this candy factory that was closed down because they found razor blades in the candy. Now, this is so close. I'm just going to give you two points now. Really? Yes. I would have given half a point, to be honest. Well, here's why. Because there is no information. I mean, I know they said it in previous movies, but there was no information that there was going to be razor blades in the candy. And that is a big part, or at least something- That's that an gets- element from the first movie I took, though, which is why I wouldn't give that two points. Well, I don't know. I, I kind of was impressed when I saw it in the movie, and I decided to give you two points for it. Maybe okay. I'm being a little You're bit generous. Now, how it works into the movie is the Candyman himself is giving candy to- No, that's not the Candyman. That's Sherman. Sherman, sorry. So well, Sherman does become the Candyman. He's a Candyman. Yes. He's yes. not the Candyman. Yes. He's yes. a Candyman. But he's giving children candy, but it doesn't have razor blades in it. No, it does not. It's somebody else. <laughs> Which we never find out. No, you never find out who. Yeah, okay. So in the movie, there's this guy called Sherman. He's given kids candy. A little white girl, specifically a white girl, yeah. finds a ki- piece of candy with a razor blade in it. They blame Sherman. They beat him up. They kill him. He becomes the candy man. In this movie, different people- We're going to have to talk about that scene later on become, as well, because I have a few bones to pick with that. Yeah, okay. So in this yeah. movie, I don't know if this is a candy man law thing, but different people become candy man. It's like, no, that's specific to this movie. Oh, is that specific yeah. to this movie? He's, it's kind of like the horror version of Doctor Who, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. Or I think maybe Friday the 13th part Eight, the one where Jason's like an idea and his soul gets transported from uh. body to body. It's sort of similar. Or in Nightmare on Elm Street 5, I think it is, or maybe 7, the one where it's taking place in the real world and Freddy, the, the concept of Nightmare Freddy turns out to be a real demon who latches on to this idea of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. So, it's similar to that. So, this isn't unprecedented in horror franchises. No. So. It's not like we're seeing this for the first time, but it is an odd direction for the Candyman, having seen the other movies. I think that's their way of trying to get around the Candyman might have different backstories. It's to do with urban legends. So, the movie is more so about the Candyman urban legends and how urban legends change from person to person Mm -hmm. through generation and generation. And it's very much exploring that, which I think is a clever idea. We can talk about our thoughts on the movie later. But yeah, uh, I think that's what they were going for. Yeah, well, when I was watching this movie, I was confused because I was like, this is not the original Candyman backstory, but then they tie it in later. It's also not the original Candyman. No, not at all. 
Now, next thing you say is you said that Anthony would be aware of the origin of Candyman and explain that to Brianna, his mm-hmm. wife. Yep. Now, this is not the case. No, it's the uh, opposite. It's, yeah, he gets told by Troy. That comes in later. but um, He gets told by Troy and he also gets told by William. He, he's told yes. two different stories. In fact, he's told three different stories. And then by his mother as well. That's right. Now, you said that's the reason he's here. Again, he's not there for that reason. He's, he's exploring gentrification and racism and, you know, But you oppression. could argue, and the movie, I think, argues that he's drawn there mysteriously. Like that's right, he's, yes. He's fucking so, backstory. As soon as he arrives at Cabrini Green or where Cabrini Green used to be, he's stung by a bee on his hand, and that sort of signifies his, you know, inevitability of being introduced to the Candyman, yeah. becoming the Candyman, essentially. Yeah. So speaking of, that's the next thing you say. Actually, you, we, we went into your plot. You said that they he walks around taking photos. Anthony, that is, he sees some graffiti. We see this all in the trailer, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. See stuff about the Candyman. He's finding inspiration. You said there was going to be a jump scare. To the best of my knowledge, he's there startled wasn't. by nothing in the actual movie. He's in the room and he hears like a noise, but we never see what made the noise. So he's just taking photographs and suddenly goes, "Oh!" for yeah. no reason. And I'm like, yeah. "I guess that's a jump scare." He scared himself. He didn't scare us. I'll give you two sets of one point for that. I'll also give you a point for talking about the bee sting, which does happen in this movie. The bee sting mm-hmm. becomes like a metaphor for him becoming Candyman. I guess so. Kind of like uh, the fly, Brundlefly. No, what was, what's that show you like where the guy has a thing on his hand? Oh, my God. Oh, like in Fargo. Yeah, Fargo. Season one of Fargo, yeah, yeah, with Lester. That's a great comparison. It's almost exactly the same, and it's pretty much the exact same metaphor for that as well. Now, I would accuse Jordan Peele of ripping that off, and I'm going to doubly accuse Jordan Peele of ripping that off, because he's in that season. (laughs) He's seen it because he's in it. He's like, he's writing down his style. This will be good for Candyman. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that until now. Okay, next thing you say is he runs into Burke. The old man's name is Burke, right? William. William Burke is his last name. Yeah, okay, so... Runs into Burke, who tells him about- Certainly not Jake. (laughs) Shut up. We'll get into that. Shut up. We're not there yet. (laughs) Anyway. All right. We're on your plot, okay? Okay. Calm down. So, he runs into Burke. Burke tells him about the Candyman one point. We see that in the the trailer. So, Anthony tells Brianna about, like, his experience and then dares Brianna to, you know, say the name five times. This is in the trailer. Um, So, I'll give you a point for that. Now, as I said before, it's actually Troy- who is Brianna's brother, who introduces them to the concept of Candyman. That's mm. how I first Well, more so Helen Lyle, but yeah. Yes, yes, Helen Lyle, yeah. He doesn't right. even mention the Candyman. He, that's right, he doesn't, does he? No. Mm. But that's what gets him started on this whole crusade. I think that's worth mentioning because it's something we both didn't get. Yeah, We didn't think right. that was going to be... We didn't think Troy was going to be useless at all, but I guess... Sorry. We didn't think jo- Troy would be useful at all, but, you know, that's what he plays in this movie. Yeah. Well, he doesn't really do anything beyond that, so <laughs> nope. he's still useless. Nope. You said that Anthony will start to dream about Candyman. He kind of does, but yeah. particularly Brianna. Has Brianna does more so than him, yeah. Dreams about him. Uh, so I give you a point and a half for that because it's it's not worth two points, but it's close enough to- Well, he does dream about Candyman as well, so that yeah. is true. Yeah, true. Yeah, okay. Next thing you say is that Anthony becomes obsessed and starts painting Candyman. Boy, does he. Yeah, he does. Brianna gets freaked out. Boy, does she. Yep. And- Anthony explains that he feels sorry for Candyman, wants to use his art to to tell his story, to give Candyman a platform to kind of, you know, explore these themes, which yeah. totally true. I give you two points for that. Yeah, pretty much. In your plot, you said that Troy was going to be a likable presence. Uh, this is debatable. Yeah. <laughs> Very he's more debatable. likable than Anthony, but he's. Well, I don't know why Troy's in the movie, to be honest. He doesn't really do comic anything. Comic relief? Yeah, but the comic relief has to be funny. <laughs> It's not really funny. Just because he's gay doesn't mean he's funny. Yeah, I didn't. Like, it's, I, not, it's not the early 2000s. I We're not pointing not like, and laughing at the gay man. I didn't like Troy. I don't know. Maybe it was to make it feel like a relatable family unit. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just did not. <laughs> he doesn't contribute beyond telling them the story about Helen Lyle, which anybody could have done, to mm-hmm. be honest. He doesn't mm-hmm. contribute anything to the plot at all. No. He's just there. No. It's Speaking- almost like three different people wrote this movie. <laughs> Feels like it. Now, you said, and I'm saying Troy in this case, is going to think the Candyman story is stupid, despite the fact that he actually told them, well, he told mm. them the Helen Lyle story, but anyway, I'll get off that horse. Uh, but he does. He does say the Candyman story is well, stupid. Yeah, that's right. He does. So, I give you points for that. He makes a big speech about it at the art gallery exhibition. Yes. Speaking of, you said that they set up an art exhibition that is a, that revolves around Candyman. Now, in the movie, Anthony is an up-and-coming artist. He is just one of the many pieces That's in right. this whole exhibition. And he's- so, the whole exhibition is exploring the history of the, the ghettos, I believe, mm-hmm. in Chicago. And Anthony just has a piece in there. Well, I didn't know what they were doing, but... <laughs> well, they were showing like a slideshow with photographs and, and old photographs of people in like poor neighborhoods right. and stuff like okay. that. Makes and then, sense. Then, then there'll just be a circumstance where there's just a single neon light on a wall. Yeah. I think that was just done for the movie and not for the exhibition. <laughs> but anyway. 
So I want to say that you pretty much nail uh, how this all takes place, that there's a mirror. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, there's a mirror that's set up that says, say my name, which is Anthony's exhibition, which is true. We see that there. We also see it in the trailer. You said that there was going to be a jump scan, which the gallery owner would say the name in the mirror. There's something like that that does kind of happen, but we kind of see it in the trailer. You said that no one's going to die at the exhibition, but characters who spoke the name would die later on. We kind of had this final destination kind of thing. That doesn't happen at all. No, it does not. But you're right in how you predicted the death of the gallery owner, worker. Yeah, he's the owner. You said he was the worker, but you know, in in the movie, he's the gallery owner. Him and a young woman are about to bang, and she jokingly says the Candyman name towards the mirror, and Candyman comes and kills her. Now, one thing that you predicted was that he would only be seen in a mirror, or like in mirrors. In reflections, which, yeah. In reflections, yeah, which is the case in, in most of the movie. He's That's right. always seen in reflections, so I'll give you points for that. The gallery owner will flee and be butchered as well, so I'll give you two sets of two mm-hmm. points for that. Uh, you also said that there would be a journalist that interviewed Anthony. Now, replace the word journalist with the word critic. Yeah. You're right there. He does go and speak to a journalist later on. Does he? Oh, he does. Yeah. Yeah. So, there are two different characters that make up the one character from my plot. So, mm-hmm. there's an art critic there that you're just about to explain. Mm-hmm. And then later on, he goes to a journalist to talk about his art's involvement in the killings. Yes. Yes, he does. He does. And then that journalist dies. Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, speaking of uh, the critic, though, going back to that, she dies in her apartment. This is something we saw in the trailer. Yeah, um, that's the journalist, not the critic, though. Is that the journalist, not the yeah, critic? Yeah, that's right. I thought it was the critic. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm it's completely confused, two different people in the movie. <laughs> then I'm even getting confused. But anyway, the journalist does die in the apartment, and it that's is right. done through mirrors, which we see. We see Candyman through the mirror. So I was like half right there. Yeah, yeah. You were on the right track there. So you said that Brianna is going to be the person that finds the bodies, which is the case. Yep. You thought that. Anthony would wake up after this whole thing. Now, the, in the movie, these killings are kind of separated through the movie. It doesn't yeah. happen all in one go. You thought it was going to be that. You thought that was going to be the case, but we know. don't even know in the actual movie who's killing these people. They sort of suggest that it's Anthony, like through some sort of spiritual form, but we never actually see who it is. Well, I thought it was Candyman through supernatural means. Yeah, but we don't see if it's Tony Todd, if it's Sherman, if it's Anthony. We never see who is actually killing. So, my presumption was in that original episode that it was going to be Anthony possessed Possessed by by Candyman. Candyman. But that's not really the case in the movie. It's just, in quotes, Candyman, whoever that may be. I think we just got to assume that it's a supernatural killing. That's right, yeah. So, uh, it's not Anthony. Now, you said that Anthony would wake up in that he was covered in blood and he'd be disturbed by this. Mm-hmm. In the actual movie, he doesn't wake up covered in blood and- Wakes up covered in paint. He's not disturbed by this at all. He's like cracking he loves jokes it. about it. <laughs> he's like, this is good for my art career. Yeah. Uh, now, you said that he was going to start seeing himself as Candyman in the mirrors. Now, this is exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. And he becomes obsessive to the point where it scares Brianna again. This does happen as well. Mm. And he starts painting like crazy more pictures of Candyman, which does happen. These are all things that we kind of see in the trailer. Some things you get a little bit more points for. At this point, Anthony and Brianna are going to have an argument about his obsession and he'll smash mirrors and freak Brianna out. This does happen. Yep. To the point where she leaves and goes to stay with Troy for a while. Yes. At this point in your plot, you thought that Anthony was, um, Anthony felt the Candyman was trying to reach him because of his past. And actually starts to feel responsible for the killings. Now, that's true. I think he does feel responsible for the killings. He feel like he awakens the Candyman. Yeah, that's right. But I don't know rest, about no. him trying to reach him because of his past. No. I, I think that just turns out to be inconsequential, really, if you think about it. Absolutely, yeah. His past and his whole connection to the first movie really has nothing to do with this plot. It does in a way, doesn't it? Because that's why he's trying to become Anthony. Like, he's trying to Im- embody the body of Anthony and make him the next Candyman. Isn't that the whole point of this movie? Not really. Because that's what William Burke says. He ties him to a chair or whatever and he says- Oh, know, yes, you're, you're right. You're, you're right. the baby, so Candyman needed- like, Candyman yes. chose yeah. you. Yep, yeah, you're right. You are You are right. So, okay, yep. So, it kind of happens, but not in the sure. way that we thought it would. Yeah, okay. Uh, you thought Troy would die. It's not the case. He doesn't mm, die at all. No. Why is he there? Don't know. It's a mystery to me. said Anthony would visit his mother- who would tell him the backstory from the first movie, which that yep. does, that is the case. Happens all the way right at the end of the movie for some reason. <laughs> Thought it would have happened close to yes, the start, but whatever. Yes. You said that people would think Helen was just crazy. Now, this that is the case. That Everyone yep. just assumed it was Helen. Now, the mother actually believes in Candyman. That's, that's right, of course. That's a little of course bit she does. of a deviation. She always has. What your prediction is. Yeah, true. Now, Anthony realizes that he is linked to the Candyman at this point. 
Uh, in a way, he does. No, no, he, he realizes he's the baby at this point in the movie. Yeah, that's so, right. Which freaks him out. Yeah. So, in the actual movie, the only connection he has to the Candyman is that he was the baby in the first movie. This mm-hmm. is something we knew was going to happen, or we, we predicted that was going to happen in the yeah, movie. That's right. So, that was his connection there. Now, Brianna thinks Anthony is killing people. I give you half a point because I think she's- She does. She sort does of does. She? No, she sort of does. Because that was never confirmed. But not really. No, it's never really confirmed. But I think we have the idea that she's suspicious, but she sure. never actually directly says that, oh, I think he's killing sure. people. But there's no point where she goes to the police. No. There's no, no point where not. she accuses him. No, of course not. Um, so it's, I, I give she's you She's scared, but she doesn't know why. Yeah. So she knows he's obsessed. She knows she's going, he's going over the edge. He's racked with guilt. Right, but yeah. I give you half a point there because I don't know if she does think that or if she doesn't. No, it's implied, but it's never specifically said. Mm. So, that's fair enough. Okay. Next, you say that Anthony becomes, and I quote, useless and erratic. My God, does yeah, he? Pretty much. <laughs> he does. He's catatonic by the end of the movie. Uh, he doesn't yeah, even care when yeah. you cut his hand off. And you said that makes Brianna the lead of the movie, which is true. Now, what actually happens, as you just said, is that Anthony's slowly becoming Candyman. He becomes unresponsive and in like a catatonic state. He doesn't yep. become erratic, but he's he's pretty useless. Yeah, absolutely. He, he switches his role in the lead to Brianna, so he becomes yeah brianna is now the hero of this part of the movie yeah now in your plot you had this prediction that anthony was actually a direct descendant of Candyman. or so we think according to my plot yeah no this is not the case in the movie there's no no direct descendants in the movie to Candyman. no i'm aware of so that was a plot point that wasn't in the movie at all yeah it was something from the i think it was the third Candyman movie that i just Mm -hmm. lifted directly yeah Oh, it was also in the first Candyman movie as well because Helen Lyle was related to Caroline, who was the it was the the woman that Candyman had an affair with and had right. a child with. Okay. So she was related to Caroline. Yeah, it's something that happens in the movies, but they didn't really explore. Not it. in this movie. Not in this no. Candyman movie. It does not happen. No. Which I think is the right choice, personally. But yeah, of course. But you know, it's precedent, so that's why I said it. <laughs> it's fair enough. Now you said at this point in the movie, Anthony would start killing people as Candyman. Now again. Does he? Does he not? Who the he fuck He sort knows? of does at the end. Uh, we do yes. see Candyman as Anthony. We do. Who kills all the cops. We do. That is true. That is true. I think you deserve a point there for that. There you go. That is true. Maybe two. So he becomes, literally becomes Candyman at the end of the movie. Right. Which is what I was leading up to the whole time. Right. Okay. Now, you said that Anthony will turn into Tony Todd, and that's absolutely true. I give yep. you two points for that because he actually physically- we he physically, physically does, yeah. As Tony Todd. Uh, now, you said Brianna will stab Candyman to death, and that is very close. He actually, oh, actually man. stabs- William. Uh, William Burke. So, in yeah. this point in the movie, William Burke is trying to summon the Candyman. He's got this idea that Candyman keeps the neighborhood's- <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I think I think it's just like people are too. Uh, My sister was killed by Candyman, so I want to make more Candyman. Huh? I, I guess it's to make people scared and cautious. I think that was what he was going for. I don't know, but he he ties up uh, Anthony, tries to make Anthony. It comes the out Candyman, of nowhere, and Brianna frees Anthony and then stabs William Burke, which is a pretty brutal way to yeah. go for someone who's pretty disturbed. She stabs him to death. So you were kind of on the right track there. Not yeah. quite true though. Now, we find out that it's actually Brianna in your plot that is yeah. a direct descendant of the Candyman, and she's been inadvertently influencing Anthony down this track. Yeah, that's my big twist. That's not the case. No. Uh, Brianna's plot is that her father tried to- <laughs> Her father killed himself that's in right. front of her, and she's- Did you know your daddy could fly? <laughs> she's deeply disturbed by this. I thought that was going to play more into- It didn't, didn't come back at all. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, this is- The Candyman's killing her father, yeah. and we're going to work this out later on, and it just did not- not That's go what anywhere. I thought too. No, it didn't go anywhere. Didn't go anywhere. But um, no, no one in this movie is a direct descendant of Candyman. By the way, uh, going back to Brianna as well. Remember how there was a whole plot line of her possibly going to curate an art museum in New York with like this big fancy sort of yes. art gallery woman. Yes. That went nowhere as well. Yeah, that, that well, had no point at all. Well, wasn't that whole thing like she she was second guessing her choices? I didn't get that scene. No. I had to watch it a few times. I was yeah. like, does she feel bad because she's abandoning Anthony? I does guess she so, feel- but it never comes back and it's not important. Does she feel bad because she's selling out? Does she feel bad that she's working never for say. A, a woman who just wants to use her because of her quote-unquote tragic backstory? And- they never say. I- I'll tell you why it was in there and then why it doesn't make sense in the actual movie. So, originally, she was going to curate a museum piece on the Candyman at the end, but they cut that out of the movie. Oh. So, this was supposed to lead up to her introducing people to Candyman throughout the generations through 
art exhibitions. Okay. But because they cut that out of the movie, the whole build-up to that makes no sense and doesn't need to be in the movie. Yeah, because that was a really dramatic scene and I didn't know what I was supposed to take away from yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like yeah. I said, it, the movie, there was no point those scenes being in the movie given that they cut that big important scene out of the movie. Mm. So, yeah, nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah. Now, that's all you said for your plot. During my plot, you did make okay. another point. You said that- kind of hoping you'd forget about this. Yeah, anyway. you thought I'd forget about this. Yeah. You really were eager to put this in. You were like, oh, no, Matty D, I can't let you continue on your train of thought unless I put this important plot point in for my prediction. You thought that William Burke would die in the laundromat. Yeah. That never happened. <laughs> no. Aren't you glad you said it? Oh, that was so silly. <laughs> Well, we didn't know the guy was going to be a bad guy, so yeah. who knows? And with, with that, you did well, I thought, all things considered. You got 44 yeah. points. Well, there you go. I didn't think I did that well, but... Uh, Am I generous? I who guess knows, I had a lot of elements there that were in the movie. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, overall, listening back to my play, I was like, hmm, not really that close to the movie. And the movie that I was imagining was not the movie that we got. No, no. And I think that's the same for both of us here, to be honest, no. to be brutally honest. And if you got if you got one point for everything you said that was not in the movie at all, you'd probably get more wrong than you did right. But you yeah. did, fortunately had things right throughout the course of your prediction. Let's see how many D went. Here we go. So you thought that the movie would start with a cold open where we see the gentrified neighborhood of Cabrini Green. Oh, wouldn't it be nice if we actually saw that in the movie? No. The movie actually says, as we've already discussed, the movie actually starts with a flashback where we see Cabrini Green in 1977 and we see one of our main characters as a child who is William. So is that Cabrini Green? That was Cabrini Green. Or is so that you remember like the big the area. So that- he was walking through the townhouses and he went right. over to do his laundry in the the big tall Cabrini Green tower from the previous movies. Okay. Interestingly enough, I, I wrote this down in my notes. Isn't it funny that we're introduced to William doing laundry and in the future <laughs> he's a, he has a laundromat? Yeah. What is the deal with that? Yeah, Does he just love that experience of being traumatized in the laundry so much? He's like, I want to relive that every day by yeah. opening my own laundry. Yeah. Or is, he, or is he obsessed with doing laundry? Does he have like a sexual kink? Maybe he's obsessed with Candyman. Maybe he believes Candyman. What's that going to do back. with laundry? I don't know. I don't know because it does. It, you would be reminded of it every single day. Right? Later on in the movie, he threatens to piss on his sister's bed, and my thought was like, "Oh, he just wants to do more laundry. <laughs> he loves doing laundry." This William guy. But isn't that crazy? They introduced him as a child doing laundry, and that's his lot in life. Yes, that's so weird. So you then change your mind and say that we will instead cut to a high school that isn't in Cabrini Green. Right. Give you half a point because that does happen, but it happens much later in the movie. Mm-hmm. We don't know where it is. Actually, I'm going to bump that up to a full point because it does happen. It's just the fact that it didn't happen at this point. Yeah. So you said, quite like how we discussed with my plot, we see a bunch of teenagers who jokingly try and summon Candyman, but one is too scared to do it. I give you a point for that because mm-hmm. that happens in the movie, but it also happens in the trailer. We knew, we knew it was coming. And you said that all the girls are killed by Candyman. That's absolutely the case again in the trailer. And you said that we'll never get a good look at Candyman aside from snippets here or there. That's a point again. But again, it was in the trailer. We never saw Candyman in the trailer. Now, I actually point out here as well that it's actually Sherman who's killing the schoolgirls and not the specific Candyman, not Tony Todd's Candyman, because we see his same outfit. And so I was really confused. I'm like, why is Sherman's Candyman turning up at this random school? Is he like the canon Candyman now? Right. I guess he's the one that Anthony knows about. So that's the one that he's projected into the world. Doesn't make much sense. Not, Don't think about it too much. But I mean, for all intensive purposes, that it is Candyman. Yeah, I mean, sure. I know it's Sherman Candyman, but... Yeah, it's Sherman Candyman, but it's still Candyman at the end of the day. Yes. You said that we'll see the murders reported on the news. We do. There's a point there. And oh, really? one of the girls survives and rambles about Candyman and she's taken away on a stretcher. No. That doesn't happen at all. That would be funny, though. No. You said that we're now introduced to Anthony, who is a struggling artist, and we see that he isn't able to create new art due to a creative block. That's absolutely the case. One point there. But we knew that going into the movie. Yes. You said that Brianna encourages Anthony to keep trying. That's absolutely the case. What kind of girlfriend would she be if she didn't do that? <laughs> Quit you point your for art that. career. S- study law. You said that Anthony is watching the report on the news and pays attention to the girl in the background talking about Candyman, which inspires him. Now, what's funny is you said that she's way off in the background. So they're like, Tom, I'm outside the school where five schoolgirls have just been brutally murdered. <laughs> and just in the background, there's a girl <laughs> going past on a stretcher going, <laughs> Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. <laughs> She, you think you would have learnt from the first time, but she just insists on saying his name over and over again. <laughs> but she's just going past in the background and he's just like, what, what, what's that, rewind? <laughs> <laughs> I'm inspired now, I'm going to do some art. I gave you half a point for that because he is inspired to do art 
from learning about Candyman from William. And from Troy. And from Troy, yeah. that's right. Well, that happened later on. I think the whole... Con- no, you're right, you're right. They did talk about Helen Lyle first. Yeah, you're right. So, half a point there. And then he goes tracking down Helen Lyle and yeah, that's right. finds the Candyman through that. Yeah, that's it exactly. You said that Anthony knows all about the Candyman legend since he remembers it from when he was a kid and explains it all to Brianna, exactly like I said. Oh, what, what an idiot I am. Now, that's not exactly true, as we already discussed. He doesn't know anything about Candyman before he's told, but I give you half a point because he, he learns it later on and he does explain it to Brianna later in the movie. So, it's not like that doesn't happen, mm. but it's in a different order. So, he learns about the urban legend in steps, gradually, and then tells her about it once he's done some research. Yeah. So, at this point in the movie as well, he doesn't even know that he's from Cabrini-Green. So, he doesn't see, like, any personal connection like we thought he would have. No. You said that Anthony returns to his old neighbourhood and talks to William, who he recognises from when he was a kid. (laughs) Gave you half a point there because he does talk to William in the old neighbourhood, but William doesn't know Anthony personally at all. Now, interestingly enough... You originally thought that William was Jake from the first movie who was like a seven-year-old boy. Well, some of us didn't watch the movie the day before, Kieran, okay? (laughs) But I helpfully took you away from that track, but you still thought it was going to be like a kid from the first movie grown up. But the problem with that is why would a child in 1992 be an old man now? You're a child in 1992. I was a child in 1992. <sighs> Neither of us are old men. No, Neither of us true. are William's age. So true. you didn't quite think that through. In no. fact, he would be 40 at the oldest. But if- it would have been cool if this was a character from the original series. Yeah, I guess they didn't think that much in it. Maybe they wanted to do that, but then went, oh, no, we'll do something different. Because I think a- they wanted to give that specific Sherman backstory and the whole sister murdered. But Jake didn't really have that experience. So mm. for it to work, I guess they really wanted it to be a new character who's had this trauma. Which Why he wants to continue that trauma, I still don't understand, but I suppose we can discuss it later. You said that William explains the Candyman mythos to Anthony. Gave you a point for that because it was in the trailer. And you said that William remembers the Candyman legend from when he was a kid. I gave you a point for that because he does. He had a run-in firsthand. But that's fairly obvious because why else would he know about it? Yeah. You said that Anthony visits his mother, who fills him in on more information from the previous movies, and warns Anthony not to interfere with the Candyman. That happens. Point for that because it was in the trailer. Well, we just see her say, oh, don't say that name. Yeah. But, you know, that's implied. What you got was implied from that scene. No, no, it sounds like it's worth two points to me. <laughs> well, yeah, we knew that was going to happen. Yeah, we did. So, point there. You said that Anthony holds an art exhibition based on the Candyman legend. Gave you a point for that because, yeah, that's true. But we knew that going in. And you said that the exhibition is a huge success. It's uh, not. It's a massive no. failure because the curator is murdered on the <laughs> opening night. In a way, it's a success. Because- it's a success for Anthony, but it's not a financial success for Anthony. Let's no. just say that. That's what you thought anyway. We'll yes. get into that more in a second. You said that entitled millennials and art critics all love Anthony's work and they all take turns saying Candyman five times into the mirror. And one by one throughout this movie, these people are all killed off. Just exactly like I said in my plot. It doesn't happen. No. That's not the case at all. Which you thought that- And nobody likes Anthony's work. Everyone there hates Anthony's work. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. Well, I mean, they do like it eventually. Like, doesn't the critic- warm to it after a while we never see the critic again so you're thinking of the journalist the I'm journalist sure. likes it then but that has nothing to do with the critic okay. they're co- two completely separate characters you don't seem to understand this <laughs> completely different actresses they right. look different right. I mean they're both white so you, you know you're racist <laughs> you know you, you I merge those two characters together the critic hated his work the guy there, the random guy who insulted him and said, what warehouse did you pull this artwork from? Yeah. I have no idea who that guy was. He was the other artist. He was he was one of the other artists. Oh, yes, you're right. He you're also right. goes- We see him at dinner later on in the yes. movie. Yeah, you're right. So, he was another artist. He hated the work. The exhibition owner hated the work. Nobody liked his work at all. I guess they His wife like, did. They're like, it's just a fucking mirror. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cool thing was that like the mirror opened up and there was just like a room behind the mirror that had his painting sitting in it. Yeah. And they weren't ones that he'd painted specifically for the piece, I don't think. They, they were. Oh, they were. That's right. Because it was um, Sherman being beaten up by the police to death. Yes, yes. And also the, the other artist says, where did you find this trash art yeah. to hang up? At a $2 store or something? And yeah. And then he's like, in my studio? Anthony goes from like zero to 10 in like one <laughs> sentence because he's just like, well, he's drunk. I painted them in my studio. Motherfucker, didn't, son of a bitch. Didn't you see he he took two swigs out of a bottle of beer so he yeah. knew he was drunk? Yeah, exactly. And then he leaves. <laughs> and that's how drunk everybody. people act, you know? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, back to your plot. You said that Anthony starts to become the Candyman himself and starts to see the Candyman in dreams and visions. Gave you a point for that because we knew that from the trailers. Yeah. 
You said that Anthony starts acting on the Candyman's accord and becomes a vessel for the Candyman. Debatable. I think we spoke about it. Who knows? I'll tell you what I think. I originally gave you half a point because I'm like, that's not really the case. But if you think about it in our conversations, it kind of was. So I'm going to bump that up to a point and a half. Very generous, sir. That's something the movie is never totally clear on. No, that's why I think it's debatable. Because we never see Anthony except for the end. So I guess you could say he is, but we never see Anthony killing anybody. It's not like he's specifically possessed by the Candyman, which is what no. you were trying to say. Mm, all right. But still, I think eventually that's the case. So that's why I think it's worth a point and a half. So you said that Anthony tries to kill Brianna and is arrested for all the murders. That doesn't happen at all. No. Not a plot point at all. No. You said that Brianna slowly works out that Candyman was responsible for the murders and not Anthony. Now, she only sort of thinks, as we already discussed, she only sort of thinks that Anthony may be a killer. It's never really confirmed. And until she runs into the evil William at the end of the movie, I have no idea what she really thinks is going on. I think she's just super confused. Like all of us. Yeah. You said that Brianna's brother, Troy, you seem to think it was more so her friend rather than her brother. You never actually said that they're related in the actual movie. He's a hanger-on who serves as comic relief. Gave you half a point for that because I guess so. Kieran, he is supposed to be comic relief. He's not really funny and he doesn't do anything, so I couldn't even really call him a hanger-on. <laughs> He's a hanger-on to the plot. Yes, okay, just because we didn't find him funny does not mean that he was not intended to be comic I don't know if he relief. was supposed to be. Like, I think he definitely was. What else is he doing there? <laughs> I have no idea why he was in the movie at all, to be honest. I have no idea. Still giving you half a point for that because fuck Troy and fuck you. <laughs> So we've got to keep in mind, in your plot, Anthony's in jail now, which never actually happens in the movie. Nope. You said that while in jail, Anthony's haunted by the spirit of a woman. Ooh. Nope. Oh, my God. I forgot I said this. Oh, You don't get no. any more points, by the way. Oh, you get maybe like one or two half points, but you, from this point on, you're just in no man's land. <laughs> this, so is said, I, this is where I take my train down. Yes. So you said that Candyman will kill people in the prison and break Anthony out of his cell. That doesn't happen. That was from the first movie. You said that Anthony's mum is now hanging around with Brianna and Troy for some reason, and then Troy is killed. <laughs> that doesn't happen at no. all. You said that Anthony realises that he needs to summon Helen, so he does so using a nearby mirror. I have no idea where he is at this point. Is he on the run? Is he in the prison still? Who knows? On the run. Now, Helen was originally going to appear in the movie. If you remember when no we discussed the, the actors, they had a new actress cast as Helen. That's right, and I think it was for the flashbacks that they... They switched over for Shadow Puppets. Yeah, no, that's not what they were going to do. They were going to have like a, a scare, like a flash of oh. Helen appearing behind someone in a mirror. Really? But they cut that scene out of the movie. Oh. So Helen is not really involved that much. We see like we hear her voice and we see her image in a newspaper uh, and we see her in Shadow Puppets, but she's not involved in the same way that you thought she would be. Yeah. So they did cut, like I said, they cut the one scene of her actually appearing out well, of the movie. Well, then that's not my fault. The movie steered me in the wrong direction. It's the promotional material. has nothing to do with Anthony summoning Helen using a mirror. Yeah, so... Uh, Cause that I'm going to die on this hill because I think this is a really didn't cool happen idea. In the, it's a cool idea, but it didn't happen in the movie. So you said that Helen will appear and have a fight with Candyman as Helen is representing good and Candyman is representing evil. That's awesome. Given the themes of this movie, yeah, I don't I think know. that's a smart decision. I, I said that back in the original episode too, and I stand by it. You said that Candyman is set on fire and turns into a swarm of bees. That's not really the case. <laughs> I know what you're going for. Why? He is a swarm of bees at the end, almost. His face is. Yeah, that's not what you meant, though. <laughs> no. You said that Helen's soul is now at peace and everyone is now happy dappy. Yay. Nope, that does not happen at all. You said that Anthony comes to peace with his history with Helen and Candyman. Oh boy, does he not. You said that Anthony now becomes a huge success and is rich. Nope, he does not survive the movie. You said that Anthony and Brianna will survive the entire movie, but Troy will die. Gave you half a point for that, because out of that bunch, you were right on the regard that Brianna survives, but Anthony dies. Does Anthony die, yes. technically? Yes, he, is, he dies and then he's shot, so he's definitely dead. Technically, he lives on as the Candyman, though, right? You could argue that he is and that he isn't. We can talk about it in a second, but he is definitely dead. He definitely dies. Okay. He definitely leaves this mortal coil. Okay. He's not surviving as the same Anthony at the end of the movie, okay. which is what you meant. Because you said, they don't want to break up the family. <laughs> they wouldn't do that in this kind of movie. Well, Joe, he, he never does that, though. That's a good point, though. So you said in that original episode that the main character always survive in, quote, these kind of movies, yes. and you didn't specify what kind of movies. I think you went on to say Jordan Peele movies, yes. but in Candyman movies, the main character always dies in Candyman no, movies. I, That's I meant, the rule. I meant Jordan Peele movies. Like Horror movies in general? Mm, mixed bag. But yeah, Jordan Peele movies, given the ones that we've seen so far, the main characters have always survived. Yes. But in this circumstance, 
this is not a Jordan Peele movie. This is like a Mia, uh, whatever yeah. her name is. Movie. I guess so. And I should have thought of that. But I think Jordan Peele... So based on watching the Jordan Peele movies that we've seen for this show, I've noticed that he never wants to kill the family. And I think that's because when he's writing these movies, he puts himself in the movie and he puts his family in the movie. So he never wants to kill himself or his wife or his kids. So that's that's why I thought that outcome would Adelaide be. and Us didn't have a happy ending. The actual one who was trapped down in the Upside Down, or the Upside yeah, Down, so. the, the Mirror Universe, the Clone World. So, that's hardly a happy ending there. The family so. was technically broken up. I guess so. And like I said, with Candyman movies, the main character always seems to die. So, it was just a silly decision, but not unprecedented. You are right. The two the two Jordan Peele movies we've seen, the main characters seem to survive. So, yeah. It didn't pay out for you here, though, because you only got no. half a point. Didn't pay off. So, that was everything that you talked about, which gives you a total of, and with the additional points, the additional two points that I gave wow. you throughout the plot, that gives you a total of 16.5 <laughs> points. Not good. One of your worst plots ever. Not good. You originally had 14 points. Wow. But bumped it up to 16.5. What a difference two points What makes, a contrast. Huh? So I would have said that, well, listening back to the episode, maybe not now after you broke it down, mm-hmm. but listening back, I would have said that we were both equally as correct, but it doesn't look like that was actually <laughs> the case. No. we were both pretty far away from the actual movie. Yeah, let's just say that. We're both, both of our predictions were very far away from what happened in the movie. Yours yep. was way closer than mine, though. I guess, like I said, it was only an elemental thing, though. So I had a little element here, a little mm-hmm. element there, but wasn't actually that close. But yeah, uh, I guess the points speak for themselves. Look, I'm not surprised. I'm, for my plot, I'm not surprised. I was not close to this movie. Let's talk about our thoughts on the movie. I'm really excited. Matty D, what are your thoughts on Candyman? I was really not looking forward to watching this movie oh, at all. Go. I really put it off and I didn't want to watch it at all. And I never would have seen this movie if I didn't have to. Sure. When I started watching the movie, I was somewhat surprised I was getting into it. I yeah. kind of liked the characters and I kind of liked the direction they were going. Then the movie went crazy and yeah. it became a mess and I didn't know what was happening or why things were happening. And it was... A little bit boring at times. Yeah. And I couldn't work out characters' motivations. I couldn't work out whether I was supposed to like characters. I didn't know what Anthony's deal was half the time. I was like, why are you doing this now? Why are you doing that now? Like, what are you insane at this point? Are you not? Like, what's going on here? Didn't get Brianna's deal half the time. So it was a mess. But I will say this I thought it was better than the first movie. Better than the original Candyman. Better than the original Candyman. 92. I much preferred it than the original Candyman movie. I thought it was a way more succinct plot. I liked the message that they gave about the gentrification of the neighborhood and the police brutality. And I liked the ending as well. I think it could have been done better, but I agree with you. Sure. But I kind of like that they, they put that message in the movie and, in my opinion, didn't force it in so Mm. i thought it was Mm. this is the best Candyman movie i've seen okay of the two that you've seen (laughs) yes so i thought they did well with what they had despite it being a hot mess sometimes right okay so you didn't love the movie you didn't think it was particularly good but you liked some of it is what you're saying i was surprised there was parts of a good movie i thought it was going to be trash and i don't think it was okay that's my opinion of it would you recommend people watch it no (laughs) i had to think about it there for a second yeah, I, I wouldn't say don't watch it. I would say don't watch it, t- um, to be to be perfectly but honest. But I, I wouldn't be going out of my way to say it. Yeah, okay. I, I'm going to echo a lot of the things that you said. So, I saw this movie back when it came out in 2021. And I remember when I finished watching the movie originally, I was really disappointed. Because mm. I was just like, okay, so the cinematography was really good. The cinematography was, was excellent. Good. Beautiful looking movie. Yep. The acting was really good. The soundtrack for the most part, okay, the acting was okay. Let's not say it was really good. I mean, yeah, the acting was okay. The writing for these characters is what got me. Yeah, the writing was fucking awful for this movie. It was all over the place. You can tell they cut stuff out because they'd be leading up to plot points that never actually happened. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the scenes felt really pointless and they ultimately ended up being pointless. And I remember being really disappointed when I first watched the movie because I was like, I thought this was a fucking Candyman movie. Candyman was in one scene of the whole movie. Tony Todd was in one scene of the whole movie and just says, tell everyone. Sure, that's an interesting ending. It's cool. But when you go into a Friday the 13th movie, can you imagine? I mean, this has happened. But if you go into a movie expecting to see Jason going around killing people and they ultimately don't deliver that, when they've done that with Friday the 13th movies, nobody likes them. They don't work. 
Same thing with Michael Myers. If you don't have Michael Myers in a Halloween movie... Just have, movie, like, masks that control people. Nobody likes that. If you went in to see, like, a Nightmare on Elm Street movie yes. and Freddy wasn't there, it was just some other guy called Joe who's sort of like Freddy but not as cool, mm-hmm. is the audience going to be satisfied? Of course not. They came to see fucking Freddy Krueger going around slashing people. So, I really wanted to see Tony Todd, like he was in the other three movies, going around killing people, being his typical, like foreboding presence mm. the best thing about that awful original movie was tony todd if yeah. you remember me saying in the yeah original no he, so, he was a standout in that movie so i was looking forward to seeing him again so i was really disappointed that he really wasn't in this movie and it wasn't about him it was more so about the legend which i sort of felt was like a cop-out i didn't mind that too much i i didn't mind it but i think they approached it in a in like a way that i didn't like okay that i didn't really like the way that they eventually ended up doing it when I rewatched it, I was like, I went in with the mindset of, oh, I didn't enjoy this movie. Why didn't I enjoy this movie? But weirdly enough, like I got maybe halfway through the movie and I was just like, this isn't actually as bad as I remember it being. I yeah. may actually end up enjoying it this time around. I've got my expectations reset. And then quite like you said, about halfway through the movie, the movie goes to shit. Yeah. The plot goes everywhere. Things stop making sense. And then I was like, ah, now I remember why <laughs> I didn't like this movie. And I still don't like this movie to this day. Now, we both didn't like the movie. We both have said we wouldn't recommend people watch it. But this movie has done phenomenally well, critically speaking. So, it has a really high score on Rotten Tomatoes. Everyone who talks about the movie always seems to heap praise on it. No one seems to see these flaws that we've discussed in this episode. Right. No one else seems to think that the plot is a mess. So, what are we missing? Don't know. (laughs) I I don't know. Is it just not for us? Was the movie just not made for us? Maybe. Is it one of those elevated horror movies that, you know... (laughs) It's more about Maybe sending a message than actually being scary. Because the movie wasn't scary, let's no, face it. No, no, the movie was not scary. And there are bits in the movie that are good. And you can kind of see, like, it almost feels like someone needed to edit this movie. Yeah. It's, it's how it or felt. Or edit it better. Like, you watched it and you were like, you know what? This this has the makings of a good movie. If you just, like, move this around, move that, if cut that out. you put Tony out. Todd back in it. <laughs> put him in the movie. It'll be a better movie. I know that would. I know that's how you feel, but I didn't mind the direction they went with the Candyman. I kind of like the fact that there was different stories because that's how urban legends are, right? There's a different sure. story between. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That aspect. was a cool idea. I thought anyway, but I just wanted to see more of Tony Todd. Of to course, be perfectly honest, yeah. Cut Sherman out. Just replace him with Tony Todd. <laughs> Whatever. I know it doesn't make sense, but speaking of Sherman. One thing that I thought was interesting or amusing was that at the start of the movie, we see William, who's obsessed with doing laundry, going Uh into Cabrini (laughs) Green, the apartment building, the laundromat there, the little laundry area, I should say. And then while he's in there, you see Sherman creepily come out of a hole in the wall Mm. with his hand outstretched full of candy, his other hand's a hook, and he's like singing creepily. And of course, of course, William starts screaming. And then we cut away. And we don't really see what happens. And then later on the movie, we cut back to what's happening. And we see William standing there, calmly, like, taking candy from Sherman. So, are we to believe that, okay, so Sherman creepily comes out of the wall. William starts screaming. And then he just finishes. He doesn't run away. He just stops screaming. It's just like, okay, I'll take some of that candy. Thank you. Yeah. So, I think in that scene, he was just in shock. As in, William was in shock. So, he screamed for ages and then just stopped and went, okay, I'll take some of that. Thank you. Didn't try to run away, didn't like bolt like you or I would as children. Yeah. So he went into shock, screamed, and then took the candy, walked up the stairs, the police come in, and because they're the police in this movie, they're just super rambunctious, they just immediately see him and just beat him to death. <laughs> they swarmed him, as, uh, as William says. Yeah, I didn't quite get that either. That was confusing to me. There was a few points in this movie where characters would do things like that. The image for the movie was clearer than the actual like execution. script and execution. Mm. So they had this great image in mind. And, you know, this great tragedy in mind, which, by the way, if a man creepily comes out and approaches your children in a, an abandoned laundromat and offers them lollies, still go to the police. Yes. He's still up to no good. I don't care who he is. Well, I think they were trying to say that he was a disturbed man. Right? Yeah, that's right. They did say that. Oh, did they say that? Yeah, okay. they did. And justice, or justice in quotation marks, was a little bit more severe than it should have been for him. <laughs> so <laughs> It didn't make any sense. I don't know. Also, uh, the main character. Anthony. Anthony. Now- was were we supposed to like him or not like him? Because my impression of him was he was a shallow artist that was. Um, um, deta- he certainly wasn't likable. Yeah, we'll just say that. But I, is that deliberate? I guess so. Then who are we going to latch on to then? Brianna. Brianna, Brianna yeah. I guess so. But she's not in the movie enough to really carry it. But you don't need to have a, a good hero. Not a, you don't need to have a good protagonist. You sure, in a like horror movie, yeah, that's flawed true. Flawed protagonist. So there was a lot of like, yeah. It was very much. Are we supposed to sympathise with Anthony yes. or hate him? And the movie seemed to want to have it both ways. Yeah, or it was never really clear, right? 
Yeah, it's and never then clear. Why was he chasing down this Candyman mythos? Was it because of his art or was it becoming an obsession? They never explain. Or was it because of his backstory, you know? You could argue that William was setting the wheels in motion, but that whole plot point didn't make sense anyway. And so. why was William doing it? There's never a given reason. Yeah. Something else that I thought was interesting, going back to the rambunctious police, yes. is right at the end of the movie, Anthony is literally like lying and dying in Brianna's arms. And it gets to the point where, you know, he's literally fading. And I think to the point where he literally dies. Yeah. And then the police burst in and immediately shoot his dead body. <laughs> Why? When that happened, I thought they shot Brianna. And I was like, That's what I thought too. whoa, what a plot twist. And then it turns out it was him. They shot the dead body on the floor. He's clearly not hurting anybody. <laughs> he had a hook in his hand. Who- well, there were two dead bodies on the floor and the police were just like, let's shoot that one. Yeah. The woman's holding a dead body in her arms. Let's shoot the dead body. Why? It didn't make any sense. Again, no. I think they just liked the image better than it actually making plot sense. Um, I did like that ending, how there was that cop who was trying to suggest that, you know. That was so ham-fisted. Though. I didn't think so. They, I liked that. If they handled that whole scene better, if he was actually standing up and appeared to be somewhat of a threat to Brianna and they shot him, I could understand them being like, hey, you understand why we yeah. need to yeah. cover this up. So so to add context, hopefully everyone's watched the movie so they know what well, scene they're talking it- about. But yeah, essentially the police officer that picks up Brianna is just like, oh. Uh, After shooting a dead man yeah. on the floor, <laughs> Anthony- which I don't know why. Like I said, this is why it doesn't make any sense to me. Why shoot a dead man on the floor? He's dead. It was just silly. I laughed out loud when they did it this time. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's all a metaphor for the Black I know, but they matter. could have done it so much better. Have it be more tragic <laughs> than like a dead body's on the floor and they come in and shoot him in the head. You know what? To your point, it would have been better if he like got up and he's like, he's coming back. He's coming back too. Maybe he's a little bit bloody, but he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's free, right? He's, he's realized he's too far gone. He's essentially suicide by cop, more or less. Or, or no, no, he's recovering. No, he's and recovering. The, the and police shoot him accidentally. That's better. Yeah, that's better. That would be better, yeah. That would be better. Any sort of tragedy there would be better than rather than him, like, dying and then they shoot the dead. Why? Why? <laughs> Why would any policeman do that? Why? Well, these cops are, are shoot first, ask questions later, I think, is there. Maybe it was a... Maybe, it was a- maybe his gun went off as he <laughs> came into the room. <laughs> it was from the grassy knoll. Yeah. Oh. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Anthony had his, yeah. like, hands up in his air. His hands behind his back, you know? Yeah. He well, he was breathe. dead on the floor, which is what makes it even more ridiculous. <laughs> that makes it even more absurd. But you're saying you like the bit when they're trying to tell yes. her, you know, going to cover that. Sure, like I said, if the scene that preceded that was... Uh, more effective. Well, I mean, it's I would a, have liked it better. It's a commentary on police brutality, and police brutality then, can happen in crazy situations where we're like, "Why did the police attack that particular person?" You know? Yeah, so, but then she's just like, "Oh, give me one sec, officer. I'm just going to summon Candyman, my new personal bodyguard." Yes. And since when did summoning Candyman mean that he's going to go and kill other people on your behalf? That's never been the case. Yeah, that was weird. That didn't make any sense. As we'd already established in every other scene in the movie, if you summon Candyman, that means you're dead. You're dead, yeah. And I thought- And suddenly at the end, it's like, oh, now Candyman's my own private hero who comes and kills evil cops for me. <laughs> I thought th- what they were going to do there is, I thought she was going to suicide via Candyman. And yeah, that's the- what I thought And too. the police would have to explain why there's like a dead butchered girl in the car and then they would get in trouble or something. So I was like, oh, whoa, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. But no, he comes in and he just- It's supposed to be like a it. cheer moment that Candyman's there to avenge like these evil cops. I didn't mind it. It was terrible. It was you fucking know, awful. You got to latch on it to was things a, It was that a terrible end to a terrible of- <laughs> movie. What they should have done was done the original ending, put the original ending back in where she, you know, exposes everybody to Candyman, keeps the Candyman mythos alive mm-hmm. by having exhibitions about Candyman, continuing Anthony's work, which pays off that plot point. It pays off the whole plot point of her, like, being established as a successful right. art curator. As the movie stands, none of that matters. So that would have been a better ending. I don't think we needed to have all the cops killed, but, you know, mm, it's what we got. <laughs> well, that was that was a thread in the movie was the fact that the police were a bad presence in the movie, so... Yeah, that was very much, you know, the ham-fisted message of the movie. <laughs> police bad. White man bad. <laughs> I don't think, go, it's, candy I don't think it was like that. I don't think it was that. Well, that's what they told us. Well, that was my reading of it anyway, let's I just think say. So. I, I kind of thought it was more... There was a class of people that were, you know, like the 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 artistic upper class people that were really up their own ass a little bit too much. I think that isn't where- that our main characters. Yeah, they're hardly poor. No, but I think that was who who the movie was attacking, if anything. Okay, in- including a bad police system. Sure, yeah. sure. Which admittedly, America does have. But still, <laughs> that's a debate for another time, and not for this show. 
Let's wrap it up for another week because clearly we didn't like this movie, even though it has merit. People seem to like it. We're just missing something here. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're seeing flaws here that other people aren't seeing. So, I'm really keen to find out what other people think of this movie. Have you seen Candyman and you think it's brilliant? What are we missing? What, are, what nuances are we missing? Because I really, really want to know because I really want to appreciate this movie better because I really do feel like I'm missing something here. And I'm sure you feel the same, Matt. Yeah. So, let us know your thoughts on Candyman. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can just simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. That's right. Now, before we wrap it up for another week, Matty D, let's discuss what we're going to be predicting the plot of next week, since we're going back to predicting movies again. And I think you're going to be excited for this one. Am I? Because this is a movie- Do you promise? Are you giving my hopes up? Yes. No, I'm not getting your hopes up. I'm being genuine here, because this is a movie that I originally said we're not going to do. We're not covering this movie. Oh. We're not doing it. And you asked specifically to do it. Did I? So, I changed my mind. I said, okay, I'm going to throw Matty D a bone and we're actually going to cover a movie that he wants to see, that he's excited to see, that I originally said no to. Oh, what is this? Because next week, we are covering the movie adaptation of Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Yes! Which is coming straight to Disney Plus in about two months. Oh, thank you. You are so kind to me. We get to cover this movie? Yeah. Fuck yeah. I can't wait to come back next week and talk all about that because we're going to come up with our own plots for it and, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Oh, jeez. So, yep, until we come back for Chippendale Rescue Rangers next week, we'll be back. Tell everyone. You are not content with the stories, so I was obliged to come. Be my victim. Be my victim. I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. Without these things, I am nothing. So now I must shed innocent blood. Come with me. Who can take a sunrise, sprinkle it with dew, cover it in chocolate and a miracle or two? The Candyman, the Candyman can. The Candyman can, because he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. 